If you're about to exit drop, you might be wondering, how do I do this? How do I retire? How do I recreate my income? If that's your concern, we're going to get into that in this video. Okay, in this video, we're going to get into how to build a retirement plan. Now, for some of you, if you're a do-it-yourselfer, this will be a great video. For those of you who need help, uh, watch the video. If you need help and you want to meet with one of our advisors or my team, we're gonna, uh, we will link the calendar below where you can schedule an appointment and talk to us and we can do this for you. But for the rest of you, we're going to show you how we as financial advisors who work with people and drop every day, who are retiring every day, uh, we're going to teach you how we build retirement plans and how you can kind of have a good foundation going into retirement if you're about to exit drop. Okay, the way we're going to do that is by using our FRS roadmap software. So I'll actually take you into our backend where we plug it in and I'm going to show you how, how it kind of works in the, in the formulas that we use. We're going to start off with the most important thing, which is income. Income is the number one thing you need to solve for in retirement. Because if you don't have enough income coming in while you're retired, it doesn't matter. You're not going to be able to live the retirement you want. You're not going to have a happy retirement. So the number one thing to solve for is income. The number two thing to solve for is liquidity, having enough money for emergency funds. And the number three thing to solve is a longevity uh, protection in case inflation goes up, in, uh, inflation protection on your money as well, whatever's left over. So first is income. Second is liquidity. Third is growth. We're going to get into the income right now. Okay. So we're going to start off with income planning. Now this software that I have you on, this is our internal, uh, our proprietary FRS roadmap software. If you want one of these reports, we do it complimentary for anyone in, in a drop in the FRS. Uh, it's specifically built out and you'll see in the, here, health insurance subsidy, FRS, FRS COLA. It is specifically built out for people in the Florida retirement system. We have another program uh, if you have a spouse or someone else that is outside of it that wants one, but this is for the FRS only. So in here, I just, I'm just going to put round numbers in, um, uh, just in there. So if yours is a lot more, a lot less, that's not what we're going over. This is specifically, we're going to put a round number in and we're going to try to solve and create a retirement plan there. Now, so we have a retirement income goal of $5,000 that we already put in. Then what we would do is we would go in and put in social security. So let's say our client wants to take social security at age 62. They just want to take it. They, uh, you know, there's pros and cons of doing that, but they want to take it at 62. And at that age, it's $1,500 per month. Okay. We're looking at monthly income goals and this goal right here, the 5,000, we always recommend you do that in a net take home, meaning after taxes, after insurance, what is actually going into your account. And the way that we recommend we, you establish this goal is by what we typically will do is we will just take your current net take home. So let's say your current net take home is $5,000. That's typically what we will try to recreate because you can do a budget and you can put everything down, but really what are you currently living on? And are you comfortable with that? And if you're comfortable with that, that's what you should try to make up because there's always going to be unknown factors. There's going to be, you know, things come up. You want to go out to eat. 
Uh, you know, you want to get a good bottle of wine, you want to go on vacation, whatever else, that's all factored in to this plan. Couple caveats to this. Let's say you have a bunch of credit card debt and you're paying $1,000 a month on it. Well, if we can take a portion of your drop money or your retirement money and pay those credit cards off, well, now you don't quite need 5,000. You might only need four, or maybe so you don't get credit card debt, you 45, right? Um, so, but you might not quite need as much, uh, or if you're paying off your home or things like that. So let's say you are making 5,000 now, but you know that you're going to have $800 less in, in bills when you retire. Well, then you can factor that in. And conversely, let's say that you're going to retire, but you're going to buy an RV. And you don't want to use your drop money because that's a huge tax liability. So instead, you're going to use a portion of your drop money and then you're going to refinance the rest. Okay. And let's say that payment's $800. Well, let's tack on $800 there. Now that you're traveling that you weren't before, do we also have to factor in gas? Are you going to be going out to eat more? You know, some people, they'll join a golf club when they retire or they'll buy a boat. Those are things, if you're going to have extra expenses that you don't have right now, those are things to factor in. I personally am not a fan of just individual budgets because I don't think that tells the full story of a well-lived life. But I also, you also have to factor in those unknown expenses. And a lot of times people will end up spending a little bit more than what they were while they were working. Okay. I also do not like the gross number. So uh, a lot of times people will come and they'll say, well, I make $60,000 a year. I don't care what you make because we have 457 and deferred comp deductions, and we have all kinds of stuff. What I'm looking at is how much you're living on, because now we're not going to have FICA tax. We're not going to have all these other things. Now we want to look at what you are living on. Okay, so we're going to go off of 5,000. We've already established this in the previous page with our client uh, or with yourself. Uh, let's say your social security is 1500 and if you don't know how to get this, you go to ssa.gov. Okay, that's SSA. Dot gov, you'll log in and you can create an estimate for whenever you plan on, on taking Social Security. And if you don't know when, I actually have a few videos on my other personal channel that's not FRS related. Uh, I'll go ahead and link those below. Feel free to go watch those videos and maybe even subscribe over there if you want some different general retirement planning uh, information. Okay, so we have that. Let's say the FRS pension, say $2,500. Or actually, let's say $3,000. They have a Good pension, it's $3,000 a month. Okay, so now we're up to $4,500. Well, they worked 30 years of service before they enter drop, so they get $150 health insurance subsidy. Great, now they're up to $4,650. So you might look at this and say, well, I'm, you know, they're short $350. Well, that's doable. But here's the thing all of this is taxable. 85% of your Social Security is going to be taxable, 100% of this is. So what we have to factor in is, taxes. Now, you can go on to a website. Uh, my recommendation is Google effective tax rate, effective tax rate. Uh, and then you should be able to find a website that you can go in and plug it in because you're taxed in different tax brackets going up, but usually your effective tax rate is going to be lower than your actual tax rate. So, but let's just say for round numbers sake, and this isn't tax advice or anything else, let's say that, um, 
if I was doing this for a client, I would actually go in and research it myself and figure out what that effective tax rate is. But let's say, uh, let's put in there, let's say it's 15%, okay? Uh, or I'm sorry, let's say it's 15%. So 46, uh, 4650, let me pull up my calculator here. There's a time I used to be able to do this in my head. Now I'm not with numbers too long. My brain doesn't want to do that. So <laughs> times 0.15. 697. So let's call it seven hundred dollars here. Now we're no longer short. What was that? Four fifty or three fifty. Uh, now we're short a thousand dollars a month after taxes. That's a pretty big difference from what they're bringing home now. Now let's say that this person's retiring at sixty-two. What else do we have to factor in to that retirement plan? Health insurance, right? For a lot of you. Your health insurance, at least up until age 65, is going to be pretty expensive, okay? So what we'll do is we'll also factor in health insurance into this plan. So now if health insurance is 700, now they're short 1750, okay? So I'm not saying that you're going to be short that much. What I'm saying is it's something that you have to look at. Some of you, between 30 years of service and Social Security, some of you will be actually making a little bit more than what you're making now. For others of you, if you're retiring at, say, 57, well, you don't even have access to this amount, and you're going to get this, and you have to pay your insurance even longer. So what we'll typically do is we'll say, okay, well, let's recreate your income. Let's say that you are retiring at 60. Let's go two years to make up the difference in Social Security. Okay, great. That's made up. Uh, of district, and we'll use that for distribution from distributions from drop. Uh, and then we need to go for five years making up health insurance amount. Because once you turn 65 and go on Medicare, health insurance is very reasonable. Your health insurance subsidy will pay for most of uh, most or all of Part B. And then, then you're going to have a uh, Medicare supplement plan, which will be anywhere from $100 to $200 on the high end. This is how we factor it in. Now, let's say the person had $2,000 of Social Security, they have a $4,000 pension, they have a $150 health insurance subsidy, let's say their taxes come out to $1,200, let's say $1,000, well, all of a sudden now, this person is actually making $150 more than what they're making. So that's my point. This is how you have to start off and build. Now, if somebody was in the first situation and they were short $1,000 or $1,750, those assets need to be allocated to an income account. So uh, a lot of you have heard us talk about a three-bucket account, uh, three-bucket approach. That's typically what a lot of retirement planners do. That's what we do. I'm going to go ahead and link the link up above if you want to click on that. But a three-bucket approach, you have liquid, income, and then the last one is, is growth. So this income bucket is the most important. Is your income already satisfied? In this situation that I just filled out, their income satisfied. So we don't need as much in the income bucket. If you're short $1,750 for the next three years and then $1,000 from, from then on, now we have to look at income. How do we take care of that? Are we using accounts that we're just getting distributions from, dividends from, annuities, whatever it is? Uh, how do we recreate that income? Uh, and and if you're worried about it and you want to talk to somebody, this is what we do every day. Uh, I will say that most people in the FRS between 25 to 30 years of service and Social Security, we can typically uh, recreate your income that you're currently bringing home or more for the rest of your life.
Okay. So don't freak out if you don't know. Uh, we can plug it all into this system. I can create it for you or my team can, and uh, and we'll figure out what makes sense. So, but let's say in this situation, we were short a thousand dollars and we need $150,000 to recreate that income for life. Well, if they have 300,000 investments, that means that they have $150,000 of money left over. So that brings us to the next two buckets. Number one is liquidity, and number two is growth. Okay, so we've established the most important part of the bucket, which is income. Once that is established, then you need to move on to liquidity for emergency funds. Now, for your emergency funds, some of you might already have that set up. If you have twenty, thirty, fifty thousand dollars in savings, uh, then you're probably good to go. Uh, enough that if something happens, you can easily just take the money and pay it off. If you want your emergency funds to be a little bit bigger, you can do that. Uh, a lot of you know that um, that we have a parking account. That's what we use for our emergency funds currently. As I film this, the interest rate for that is 4.05%, uh, but that's what we would establish. So let's say you don't have extra money in savings. Let's say you only have a few thousand dollars. Well, we would establish with your drop money that emergency fund. Now, unlike the income, the income is what it is. So the numbers just work itself out and however much you need is how much you need. There's nothing really subjective or, or you know, an opinion about that. It's, it's whatever that needs to cover your income. With emergency funds, that is a little bit different. That's really more about comfort level. Some people, their comfort is having every single penny left over in an emergency fund so they can get access to it. And, you know, it's not my place to, to tell somebody, um, you know, how big their safety blanket should be or, or um, you know, how much they should have in the account. But typically, you are going to be giving up a decent amount of interest that you could have been getting in a better, more growth-oriented account. So you are going to, to pay a cost to have that money in a liquid account like that. Now, luckily, interest rate of 4.05 now, it's not that bad. A few years ago, you would probably be earning zero. But whatever that safety blanket is, that is a personal choice. We recommend at least nine months worth of whatever your, your monthly expenses. So if it was... If it was $5,000 is how much your take home is, we recommend at least having access to nine months for that. So what would that be? $45,000. And so that would be the recommendation for that. Um, it could be a little bit less. So if you know that, that hey, everything's covered, it could be 30 or 45, but that's typically the recommendation. Then whatever's left over. So we said in the scenario, someone has 300,000, we figured out magically, it takes a lot more work than that normally, that they needed 150000 for income and then now $45,000 for emergency funds. Well, that leaves us with just over $100,000. So what do we do with that other $100,000? Well, as we have seen, inflation can get really out of hand pretty quick. So the cost of living, cost of everything going up. So that other $100,000, what we would do is if you're not using it now, we would put it to work. Now, what that is in is up to your comfort level. Some people want that $100,000 to go to work and, and make a good interest rate, but have no risk. There are accounts that can do that. And then others say, you know what? This is my long-term money. I do not mind that being in the market and having some risk. So from there, we figure out your comfort level 
of how much risk you want to take. So let's go ahead and recap how to build a retirement plan. Step one is figuring out what your goal income is after taxes and insurance, what your goal take home income is, and then creating it. Step two is figuring out how much you want in your emergency funds, how much you want in your safety blanket, and then establishing that bucket. And goal three is whatever's left over, putting to work, but putting to work in a way that you are comfortable. And that's kind of the trickiest part usually. Buckets, bucket, the, the first two buckets kind of work themselves out. Bucket three is the more subjective, right? So, so bucket three is a, some people want to be very aggressive with the money. You know, I've had told people say, I would just go put it all in black if I, if I, you know, could. Um, so some people want to be more aggressive. Some people want to still be very conservative. So you have to figure out what your risk tolerance is and then get the most amount of re of return on your money with that risk tolerance. If it's a fixed account, what fixed account is going to pay you the most while your money's there, right? What company is going to pay you the most return while it's sitting in, in that, that account? If it's uh, market-based, well, how much risk? I'm assuming that most of you don't want to go put everything into Bitcoin or something like that. So, you know, do we want to go 50% bonds and 50% stocks? Do we want it to be actively managed? Do you Are you okay with just dividend paying funds? Those are th the things that we can dial in or you dial in yourself and figure it out if you're a do-it-yourselfer. So I hope this video was educating. I know it's longer than most of our videos because it's a little bit more complex and I still felt like I kept it very, try to keep it very simple. If you need help with this, so if you feel like this is kind of above your pay grade or you haven't you know, it, it, you don't feel like dealing with this. This is what we do every day. So if you want to sit down and meet with one of our advisors, come up with a plan, establish the buckets, uh, going into retirement, even if you're five years away from drop, it's not too soon to get a plan. Uh, but especially if you are a few months away or a year away, it is definitely time to get a plan. If you're a do-it-yourselfer and you're just going to go out and you feel confident in all of it, I hope it helped. Okay. And if not, there is a link to our calendar. We'll talk to you soon and we'll see you in the next video. Make sure you subscribe. You'll get more information about drop, investment planning, those things. So make sure you subscribe to our channel if you enjoyed this video. Talk to you soon.